saying was even though um, I don't have any reason to believe myself in heaven or hell, I found myself nauseous when I was younger at the concept of those things not existing. Okay, it sucks that people who are so good are not going to be rewarded in heaven, and more importantly, people who are monsters are not going to be rewarded with hell. Well, it sucks that you have that potentiality in your conscious. Yeah, well, again, so my solution to that, mm-hmm. the, the rationalization of my own existence that I came to was, again, we can't treat this existence like a dress rehearsal. We have to treat it like the main event. Yeah. So we can't wait for heaven to reward us to do good. You should just be doing good because this is the only existence you know, so don't fuck it up. Yeah, right. Or you shouldn't, you know, we, we can't wait for these people to go to hell. We have to seek justice right now in this existence. Yeah. So that's how I'm able to rationalize my existence without heaven or hell is to say, Let's treat this existence with ultimate respect by not waiting for heaven or hell, in my opinion. Excel- yeah, I, I do have this thought of uh, accelerating potential uh, as as readily as possible. Right. I, I, have the, I have the quiet thought to myself sometimes. What if when I, I pass away or what if when everybody passes or anyone passes away, they do face God and God says, you know, you could have had heaven on earth had you just asked for it or tried it. for it you yeah you could have gotten it stupid monkey here let me show you all that you could have done <laughs> there <laughs> what's the reaction at this point is like oh shit can yeah. i try it again got, can, got I it. Go, can you send me back this is defending your life uh albert brooks it's, yeah. it's somewhat similar to that yeah. uh awesome movie from the 90s that uh early 90s that morgan yeah, here recommended out. It the movie's is. literally called Defending Your Life. It is. Yeah. Albert and Brooks, is that, is Meryl that, Streep. Is yeah. that essentially the plot where yeah. like, you could have, this is what you could have had, dumbass. Well, it's more it's like. It's a more corporate um, look at it. Yeah, it's corporate. more like, uh, you know, when you die and you go to heaven, they take a look at, at your life and did you live in fear? And if you lived in fear, you got to go back. Do it again. Oh. Essentially. If you didn't, you get to move on and you they don't say the what next... moving on is, of it, course. Yeah, but, but you're you led to, to believe on. that it's a, a much much more gratifying existence than what whatever's on earth because people scoff and laugh at the conditions of earth in that movie rip torn says uh there is no hell but i hear los angeles is pretty close <laughs> damn uh welcome to meandering by the way yeah welcome to meandering we uh kind of just launched that that one uh, from nowhere but uh yeah that's a good thing uh defending your life is our movie recommendation of the week <laughs> that's only available on dvd do you, uh, do you one of you own it? I do. Uh, it is being borrowed by a family member at the time. It's one of those movies that after you watch it, and I saw this as a kid on pay per view, but definitely not in the mind state that I'm in now. Uh, and I'm glad Morgan mentioned it on an ep- a previous episode. Of Probably. Movie I don't know. I like that movie. I definitely yeah. gotta check it out. So that, we, that concept is fascinating. It's awesome, it man. It's a funny movie, and Meryl Streep's actually like borderline attractive, attractive. man. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is '90s Meryl Streep, man. Yeah. You gotta. I mean, like, she was already. I, I, 50 I don't. Plus. I don't. I don't care. I mean, how old Meryl Street is on the <laughs> Devil Wears Prada? She was hot. <laughs> she really was, man. She was a badass in uh, yeah, she's the '90s no Meryl Street. And uh, oh, you're, she's no Devil <laughs> Wears. Because the geriatric crushes. Let's bring them on. Yeah, but like, let's uh, hear them. Who are the seventy-year-olds you're crushing on in your teen years? <laughs> man, Meryl Street was hot in Death Becomes Her too. I yeah, yeah. even with the hole, even yeah. with the hole in her stomach. The hole in her stomach, man. Was that Goldie Hawn with the hole in her stomach? I thought they. Oh yeah, Meryl Streep got her neck twisted. Neck twisted back. She's nah, right. she, she's pretty hot then. Yeah. Well, going back though, that and that's that, kind of like a turn on these days. If you could twist your neck backwards to that degree. Yeah, yeah. You're a TikTok star, and you're getting all the play. Uh huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> the the concept we're just talking about is when you when you die and um, God, if you will, is like, here's what you should have done. The idea here's what you could have done. The guy. Yeah. So basically, God is Captain Hindsight. Yes. Here's what you here's what you cocked up on. Here's what you should have done. That's fascinating. Um, I I love the idea of of after I die, whether it's a year from now or fifty years from now, of of getting to find everything out. That's my heaven. Mm. Because to me, the absolute truth, which I, like, I agree with you, but exist. I get to find out about nine eleven, Roswell, <laughs> and Bigfoot. You Man, get to s- what if you're? What if you? What if all that stuff's still not there? You know, and you can't find I'll out take about it. it. I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take. If, if, if 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 Bigfoot, if nine eleven, if Roswell, if all the things that our generations have talked about forever, all the conspiracies. What if you just get to travel through time and experience them too? I want to. I want to be there. Awesome? I want. I want to be there, and I want. I want to watch. Uh, as as the thing crashed. theatrically, yeah, like Sit, man, yeah. If you're if you're dead and you get to like, maybe travel. it's hands off, like Sound of Thunder. You you're prevented from having a butterfly effect. Sound of Thunder's great Ray, Ray Bradbury story. Or like or like the, movie. Uh, the, the 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 Bill Murray's uh, Groundhog Day. No, no, no. The Scrooge. Scrooge. Whereas, like, oh yeah, you get to watch. You can't touch anything. It's 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 live. It's it, like the ghost. Yeah, the says, core it, of that story thematically carries over to this discussion that we're having. It it may be. Uh, it may be presented with the Christmas aspect and the whole uh, bad boss who's done a lot of bad things, but at at its core, that Charles Dickens story yeah. is like atonement for all of your sin. <laughs> the, that's pretty much what Christmas yeah, Carol no, is. It's, it's, so that's a brilliant story to this day. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's yeah. a reason why it's been made seventy times. It's not just to make money around Christmas. No. It's, it's a very very important story that has a lot of re- relevance today. It's always had relevance. And I mean, you can be poor or rich, and you can look back at aspects of your life and be like, "God, I was, I was kind of a shithead." Mm-hmm. Here's my chance to redeem, to redeem myself before I'm fucking dead. You and, know. And the argument, uh, see, I understand the argument both ways. Like, you don't need the impetus to change yourself. You don't need this, this higher power forcing you to change yourself. No. Yeah, I don't need to be scared into acting right. But most people need dramatic examples Correct. to break themselves out of complacency. There, there, there's the yeah, there's the other end of that seesaw is that if you don't <laughs> impose that sort of statute, then you don't get anything because people are happy enough. I hear this all the time. People are happy enough not progressing. They're and, complacent. Yeah. yeah, that's that's in most of the people, I think. People well, are just I think right? the first time I joined you guys, I think we talked about this, um, how if the world were to become the type of world which uh, Gene Rottenberry had in mind for us, where our existence revolved around enlightenment, it has discovery. To, and I said it has to the, get there eventually. This shit has to hit the fan. Star mm-hmm. Trek, the, in the world of Star Trek, it happens after World War III. Mm-hmm. People are sick and tired of war. They're sick and tired of petty bullshit, and their existence revolves around discovery. Yeah, It's not going to happen. Right now, it's not going to happen until I hope not. World War Three happens. Well, that's that's the weird part is because everybody thinks that some catastrophe has to occur in order for it to happen. You've 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 quoted. Un- unfortunately, a- yeah. I mean, this is what history has shown. What if the catastrophe is the idiocracy? What what if the catastrophe? What if what if left behind? You know, the Kirk Cameron. Uh, yeah, what if yeah. the rapture is literally like in the physical? You don't lose anybody. But mentally, they're just it's out not, of the it's, picture. It's, it's not enough. It's like the it's like the frog boiling in a pot, and he doesn't know it. We yeah, we're conscious of the fact that we're living in idiocracy, and we have for a while. Most people aren't thinking about that. But most people are complacent. I equate it to less traffic on the highway in a weird way. I know that may sound harsh. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how on the, the highway of life. 
if you're taking the road less traveled, you don't necessarily want bumper to bumper traffic. So if you have if you have idiocracy everywhere, it's kind of in the favor for the people that can push the envelope and can we're rising above the idiot masses. Well, naturally or or just inevitably. It, this ties into Price's law too, Morgan. Yeah. You can't have the whole in on the deal like you you just can't otherwise if everybody's going to work at the same time and if work is changing the world then you have bumper to bumper traffic right so you just can't get it done that way i don't know i i'll worry about it i i think that some everything comes to a head everything is eventual and yeah we're, we joke about which we're not really joking we, we feel like we are living in an idiocracy but the shit hasn't hit the fan I don't know if that comes in the form of a of a nuclear weapon or something so dramatic, but I feel like pragmatically what's going to happen is we're going to have another crash in this country like we haven't seen since the Great Depression, and I think that's going to shake people out of a lot of people out of complacency. Um, mm. But I don't see anything happening anytime soon without again the shit hitting the fan. It's like it's like what happened with when the FDR came into power. People were complacent, and then we had a huge huge crash. And after that, there were all these social and economic reforms. We're not going to have anything like that again until the shit hits the fan. We're not. And the divide between the rich and the poor is going to keep getting worse and people are and worse even more worse. <coughs> distracted yeah, I don't, in this I don't age. know that the divide between the rich and the poor, at least today, is that huge of a deal because that kind of goes back to Price's Law, right? Even if everything was equal and everybody started off with the same money, uh, at some point, 1% of the population would have half of all the money because that's just how things work. And when you have more people, I think the divide just gets greater without necessarily there being a a huge separation i think that's just that's just something that's natural that happens but no, what's interesting is that it I was there's an article right now on time that says two researchers claim that global income inequality is decreasing the world over but the gap is growing within the united states so when it comes to the poor around the world they're 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 getting better you know people right now we we, we shit on Countries that you know have all these sweatshops and shit. Oh yeah, but we won't hear those. We won't hear those stories. But 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 according to all these studies recently, there's actually funny a few articles about this worldwide. The the gap between the rich and the poor is narrowing. In the U.S., interestingly, it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. And the last time the uh, the wealth inequality in the U.S. has been this wide was right before the Great Depression. So that that to me is, is very interesting. How the rest of the world is like, and eh, that's sort of narrowing things down. But here in the U.S., it's like no. You know, fuck the working class. Again, I don't. I don't know where we're gonna be in a few years. I, I it's terrifying to think about because of where we are now. But again, I'm I'm sticking with my point. Shit's not gonna change unless the shit hits the fan. Um, God, how the hell would we get there? But from, from, but from hitting the fan is subjective. It's gonna be aliens hitting. <laughs> Seriously, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like uh, well, they're uh, setting up for that, bro. But they're setting thing, up yeah. for that. All yeah. the recent what? disclosure of sixteen-year-old uh, Navy documented events and all that. This is this is the cycle that I allude to very frequently. It's like the technological cycle. We know there's sixteen K TVs out there. We know there's eight K TVs out there. But the general public isn't allowed access to sticking those in their home. Information works the same way. We know there are aliens. We know that there's some merit to all the stories we've always heard, but it's all about timing. And if the timing is justified, then 
the shit will hit the, the proverbial shit will hit the fan with but aliens. It is, it is subjective. Though. I'm curious what you mean by it's going to be aliens. Do you mean like them kicking our ass Independence Day, or the government being <clears throat> like, oh, "Look, well, guys, here's the truth." Like if we're talking about a a, a major event, right, that causes yeah. major change, I think it would be you know talking about an alien life form and coming to the, this planet in some way, shape, or form. Right? It would be it would be disastrous. And, and again, I'm, I'm a person who wants more than ever. I would sacrifice my hands to find out the truth about alien life. Here's the problem with I that. Like though. It. Uh, here's the problem. Um, I don't think humanity is ready for it because let's let's think about this for a second. Let's say an alien race comes down, and they tell the truth, and they say to us, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Those stories about uh, Jesus, the stories about Moses, that that's, that didn't happen." What would be people's reaction, considering that most people are religious? What would they do or want to do to those things? How interesting that you mentioned that. And we all have variations of what we think this cataclysmic event would be. You lean more towards the, like, the, the hard-nosed sort of material world. It's nuclear weapons or financial collapse is what's going to get it done. He He's on the or, – or aliens. Uh, and Morgan's on the aliens thing. It's got to be aliens, right? It's got to be something like that. Yeah. Personally, I think <laughs> that it could be the biblical sort of the context of the Bible. I, judgment Day. Judgment Day. Okay. In a variant, in a form that embodies both of your ideas. Uh, uh, so you're saying it would be Judgment Day, but it would both become... of your ideas. Well, I believe that aliens in the world of the Bible have existed for quite some time. Probably explains a lot of the old stories from a lot of the Old Testament. Yeah, the old I, stories, I the old I, art, the old... I don't the mind old ideas. That as, as anti-religious as but I am, But what that does, I, I, Miguel, I that. what that does, Miguel, is that what if the inverse of what you just said is plausible? What if aliens come down and they confirm all of the biblical stories? Then what's the re- reaction like? That would be interesting. So you, so that's 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 the question. Then aliens coming down, and again, coming down is indicative of the fact yeah. that they're such the, hi, they're such or that higher they're not than already us. here. Techno- yeah. Well, they're, they're, it's, indi- <laughs> it's indicative of the fact that they're such advanced, adv- maybe more advanced than we yeah. are. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying to con- conceptualize a type two civilization a specifically. Type, a, right, a type two civilization. Kardashev scale. Look it up. Guys. Coming down. And telling people that the stories of a burning bush and Adam and Eve, which we know are not true, are actually real, then I would be like, "You guys are full of shit." Well, right. I mean, it can be <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no way, guys. Uh, yeah, the stories uh, in Islam about um, Muhammad riding to heaven in a winged horse. Yeah, and the the stories of Moses parting. It the wasn't sea. literally a winged horse. It was potentially a spacecraft, and right. uh, off he went. See, see, if they contextualize it that way, hey, those stories that you guys heard, there's some validity parables. to it, but here's what really happened. Well, yeah. isn't that what religious texts have been so adamant that they've been doing this whole time? Not uh, if it, you're a fundamentalist. If you're a fundamentalist, you better believe that shit word for word. Or you're, yeah, but you're if you're ass. a fundamentalist, you're not the, in my book, you're not the person to carry on the message if you're a fundamentalist. Of course you're not, but, that, but that, the problem is that those are the people that have carried on the message, which is why we've that's had the, the fucking tra- Inquisition. That's the traffic on the highway. Yeah, the, the, what's gotten in oh, the yeah. way. I agree. I, I mean, I agree but with we're, that. But we're in 2020. The traffic on the highway just honks over and over and gets in your way, and they do, they're living Groundhog Day. We just talked about how easy it is to ignore the traffic on the highway. Fair enough. Well, let me ask you then. Mm-hmm. What if a, a more advanced civilization came down 
and told people what I said, which was, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Here's the truth about the beginnings of the universe. We've known because we've had technology to go back in time, time mm-hmm. and space are related. We saw the beginning of the universe. Your religious stories are nonsense. What would be most people's reaction on this planet to hearing that? Like, we, we saw the Big Bang, guys. We, we have the technology to go back. Which Einstein was right. Time and space are related. I, we can take you there oh, right yeah. now. But the Big, ba- the, yeah, the Big Bang Theory was an idea. Right. I mean... It's just an idea. It's an idea from a specific source, too. But what I'm saying is let's let's say that there is validity to Einstein's theory of relativity. Uh, mm-hmm. There is validity to the Big Bang. The Earth is not <laughs> 10,000 years old. It's billions of years old, and you have a common ancestry with apes. What are most people's religious reaction going to be in this world? Most people are not – more people are becoming secular. Most people in the world right now in 2020 are religious. What do you think the reaction of most people would be considering that most people are religious to hearing a more advanced civilization say that to us? What do you think the reaction would be? It's the devil. I mean, yeah, it's almost going to be the inverse reaction uh, that, that you're, you've come to expect. Uh I think it may even it may intensify their their zealotry, they would be zealotry word. They'd yeah. be galvanized by their religious beliefs. These yeah, come these Correct. devils. These, these this has be, because there are there's text that says that will happen. That's the weird conundrum in all of this is that there will be false false gods, false prophets, gods that right? come down and, and stake claim to be everything that was against uh, what. The believers have There's, come to believe. So what, I mean, I think it's, it sounds horrible. It's um, tough to navigate, man. I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, it's like I think it's analogous to what what incentive do you have, Morgan and Sasha, to go try to en- enlighten a spider monkey? You're gonna have fun with it because you're a pr- of a primitive species. You're gonna be entertained. You don't. What? what this y- is a zoo, you, man. Y- yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's ancient, there are absolutely, there has to be observant civilizations outside of Earth watching. Absolutely, there, the Kardashev scale. Look it up, kids. Yeah, exists for a reason because, again, it's a hypothesis. At the end of the day, there's no legitimate, hundred percent irrefutable evidence that there are higher civilizations, but. Logic itself would dictate. Math would when sell math. you. When you apply it to a local level and you say, can what what's happening on Earth, different levels of IQ, different levels of uh, social engagement, different levels of hierarchy, does this work its way outside of our atmosphere? Absolutely. Yes. Because yeah. it works down to a micro level when you look at the cellular makeup of cells and how they behave, when you look at ants and how they behave. On a, m- a microbial level as well, going back. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, on an atomical level, it works. So, it, if it applies itself to everything that we do know, then it logically applies itself to everything that we do not know. And that, Miguel, is the stuff that I am anxious to solve and and figure out. That's the stuff that I don't think is up to. Again, this is this may come off as as harsh. I don't think it's up to lab coats. I don't think it's up to people who get paid six figures and have been conditioned then, then, then to who? in Britain. The people who can tap into it in maybe the most rudimentary form possible, just understanding it. I, I'm I'm scared of what that means. I, I don't want to ask my aunt Lori or <laughs> 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 who's who's you know had, believes in some crazy shit yep. to to be the quote unquote the most rudimentary form to have Does she believe in earthquake machines probably oh, not probably terrifier uh, <laughs> what I was thinking is I mean there's this isn't hyperbole this isn't um 
just a shtick of speaking. Literally, in the most literal sense, scientists and mathematicians are saying right now, physicists are saying, um, astrolog- not, astro- <laughs> not, not astro- uh, astrologists, Astronom- astronomers, astronomers are saying right now that they believe in the literal sense that there are more galaxies in the universe than there are grains of sand in any given beach. Okay. When you say that, it sounds really poetic and it sounds really nice and sweet. They mean this yeah. shit literally. It sounds very horoscopy. It does. It sounds like something very poetic, but they mean it in the most literal sense. When you think about that, the idea of this one planet having <laughs> the only life in the universe is, right. is, is obscene. Yep. So again, but I then then we we apply Price's law to this, and <laughs> to how universe. much how much yeah absolutely how much out there is doing anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Right, one, can you one apply, can, can you apply the Price's law, which is something so earthly, to the rest of the universe, which is so much more advancing and intricate? We've asked this question before on the show, and we personally believe that you can. Because it's just the way the meat. It's just Price's law has to do with existence itself, and not just something earthly. Is what you're saying, Morgan? You put this beautifully. You said maybe it's just some physics-based law that cannot be ignored that we just haven't figured out fully. I think right. it has to do, I might disagree with that. I think it has to do Price's law exists because of the human condition. There's, yeah, it's there's specifically a human, human. There is a human element to it, but I. I and it's weird, like, uh, you know, I'll use the dream team, for example. You take, you know, even if you take the best of the best and you put them in a group together, Price's Law still happens there. Mm-hmm. You take the best ten players or nine players and three of them still do half the work, even yeah, though you if break you take them the, up. If you take the, uh, I, you know, I agree, if you take the leap of faith and you say, maybe it's not human, though. Maybe it applies to all forms of intelligence, or uh, conscious life. I think that there's, if we're talking theoretically about a civilization that is so much more advanced than us, then Price's then Law superseded could, could not it. Okay. apply. They Fair. have to have superseded it. Because, I mean, Price's Law exists because they get uh, pr- just a certain amount of people that suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Price's well, Law says. I, well, like in the Dream Team thing, though, it, it, they, these guys don't suck. They're the best of the best. But when you get the best of the best together, still human, man. it still defers back. Yeah, in, in you know, back to the That's back to a Price's really law. good example. Um, They're irrevocably I'm, human. They're not Vulcans, so to speak. Well, I, I, think, I think it's human nature, right, that when you're in a group of people um, and you know you'll defer. If there's someone else you feel that maybe is more intelligent than you, uh, maybe does a job better than you, you might defer to them. So you might take a step back. Whereas if that person wasn't there, you would fill that role. Uh, and I think that from a sports standpoint, anyway, I think that that three is the magic number. I don't. I think. I think when all three of us get together, <laughs> we defy Price's law. When we when we have the, these conversations on meandering. I think we each present our take and we do it wholeheartedly and we do it to our fullest capabilities. And I don't know, man, there, I think there is a, a level of, of defying that law. Yeah. It's gotta be the, the, the three, the, 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 the prime numbers, the prime number Maybe there. It the prime that's got to hold the rest accountable to hold their to pull their way. Then, then again, theoretically, this is how we know that we've evolved as a species and as a society when Price's law is no longer applicable. Well, because we right. become then what like, you're saying is that on a lower civilization uh, classification, not the Kardashev scale, which is meant to study celestial civilization and the hypotheticals there, but on an earthly civilization, what you're saying is that we have surpassed 
type one human being existence. And that's okay to say. That's what that's what needs to be okay moving forward. That needs to, in order for progress to come, in order to push that edge, man, some people just gotta take ownership over and not on a not on a bachelor degree, master's degree, one percent I make a billion dollars a year, so I tower over you in precedence. Not in that sense. In the I've got this much to present to you that can be useful, and if you apply it, you catch up to where I am, and you'll see for yourself that I had something of worth to provide you. You're talking about the, the deeper thinkers are not necessarily synonymous with people with master's degrees. Absolutely. I, I, I can agree with that. I mean, shit. Uh, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of educated dummies that I've met that they're, oh, they, yeah. they're, they have I – know, I have friends with master's degrees, but they can't – they're not capable. They're specialized. They're, right. I have, I have friends who have master's degrees uh, and work for the health department. They can give me statistical data on who has gonorrhea in the DFW, <laughs> and they're going to go get their doctor right now. They're going to become a doctor. But they're, they're not capable of deeper existential thinking, mm-hmm. so they're not really fun to hang around. So I get, I get what you're saying. And maybe that goes back to what you're talking about. The most rudimentary thinkers are might be the ones that can help help us. Have They're a the torchbearers. Of, but I, I I worry about if that. somebody can talk about the deepest, most existential contemplations I've ever had. If I can listen to somebody talk about that sort of stuff and mask it or, or codify it in a way where they're getting through to me, but they're talking about vegetables. <laughs> favorite fruits favorite bottled water brands this is the beauty of meandering and we don't always tap into it sometimes we cut to the chase and we get to the the guts of what we're trying to talk about we don't have to we could have this same conversation with a layer of let's go layer of what <laughs> i'm trying to find the exact word it's not metaphor a layer of communicative secrecy. Yeah. And that's not even given... Secrecy? Yes. That's not even giving away my secrets. Look, if you switch the topic right now to movies, this is where synchronicities come into play as well. If we shift to talking about movies, our minds are on these tracks where we're still talking about what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. We just codify it in movies. That's the way that our minds work. Yeah. They can't... I don't think that we can derail our train of thought as easily as we think. I think if we're bent on on some objective that our consciousness or our drive or our fate is determined to be on. And again, all that all that terminology that I just used, don't 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 equate it to something that exists already like oh this is just fatalism or determinism or all that. I'm using those words because they're the ones that that make the most sense for what I'm trying to get to. If we're on track to be the leaders of that sort of civilization and that sort of human growth and evolution, then we can't ignore it. You're not even allowed to maybe turn the off switch off. So whatever you fucking talk about is going to be in that vein. It's going to have an embedded layer of meaningfulness for the people that need it. So... (laughs) We can't get through to idiocracy by cutting to the chase and, and having a conversation like we've had over the last 30 minutes. But we can get through to idiocracy talking about idiocracy. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> and 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 we do it. That's the beauty. I mean, of it, it sounds like you're talking about the importance of nuance. Uh, I mean, here's here's <laughs> here's the problem though: living in an idiocracy. Um, most people um, don't give a shit about nuance. This is what's led to our idiocracy: is it's these blatant, broad narratives over facts that people are obsessed with. The reason we've become a fucking idiocracy is because people there's not a lot of social evolution after high school. And the powers that be, the oligarchy who controls this country has taken advantage of that. There is a portion of the population that is protected from the truth. And I give something exemplary as Fox News that keeps this portion, 35, 40% of the population, protected from the truth. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm on the left. But I will acknowledge that the left has their own bubbles that piss me the fuck off. Yeah. That That it, again, they're protected from the absolute truth. But here's all the narratives that you want to hear to suit how you feel every day, okay? Mm-hmm. This is how we're becoming an idiocracy. It's because of the death of the very fucking nuance that you're talking about. I mean, you, look, you get online right now. Yeah. You look at the headline of something. I'm here. Yeah. You get online right now and you look at some of the most, like, get on Google News right now and you look at the headlines. All the headlines are meant for us to click on and get our attention. You know, it's it's all simplistic narratives to swing you one way or the other. Well, let's get let's get a little dangerous with that. Um, not really. <laughs> uh, it's this isn't a dangerous statement, but part of me thinks that that is by design. And absolutely, it and, is. And part of me believes that we had gotten to a point, perhaps uh, at I want to say maybe in the late two thousands, to a point where the progress was was making some headway, especially with the advent of the Internet. You, you almost had the right people at the right time with the right access to the right tools. And that was caught on to very quickly. Damn right it was. And when it was caught on to, it was manipulated and thwarted to a certain degree. I agree. I uh, think- there, there was, there was a, a pushback to the accelerated exponential like matrix like growth of of neo plugging into the mate or plugging into those programs that were feeding him how to kung fu and how to do uh how to learn spanish no, and I, all, I, of, I, all of that had to you had to pump the brakes to a certain degree and do you think that the powers that be are the ones that pump the brakes on again independent thinking online i mean if that's what you're saying yes yeah because in 2000 2000- well, when you say powers that be i say i i, I say powers that be in the in the societal realm, like in the in the land. Okay, what do you mean by powers? That I, I mean the the one percent that's actually in control in this country. Okay. I, that that's what I mean. I think in two thousand nine, Wikipedia. For I example. don't think that's the pa- I don't think that is the. I think that is the capstone for the the physical realm of powers that be. I do not believe that that is the. I am fascinated by what you max mean. Out. Other than that. Because to me, in the pragmatic sense, when I say the powers that be, I mean the fuckers who are in control of this country and, and are able to control the narrative through their wealth. Yep. So what beyond that are you talking about? Uh, then we start tapping into what is beyond wealth when it comes to uh, power. When it what, comes, God, when it now comes I'm to really a- fascinated. In, 20, <laughs> in 2020, mm-hmm. just like the past 400 years, mm-hmm. not more than that, what what exist when it comes to the powers that be what could exist beside that's i'm fascinated by anything (laughs) but other than the rich what could exist i mean because you because you bring up a great point if if that's where you're if that's where you stop when it comes to 
this is the max out of power. This is like uh, gamify it for for example. Uh, if if you max out your XP and and what that means is you've got a million bucks in the bank and then you can or a billion dollars and you can do whatever you want with that and that's the max out of of control and power. Then I'm the guy who comes in comes along and says I I don't I don't want to be relegated to that because. <laughs> It makes you uncomfortable. That doesn't negate the fact that it might be right. I mean, who, who who's in control of this world, in your opinion? Boy, I, I think there's a lot of different <laughs> levels here. That's, um, a, that's a juicy one, man. Because I, I think, you know, there's a good deal of control from the religious side of things, and I don't know that that's necessarily the rich side of things. I mean, like, so... I mean, and don't get me wrong when it comes to influence. I mean, there's a Catholic Church in the Vatican. The the influence that the Vatican has had in this world is 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 frightening. I think inevitability is in control. I think the inevitability of you're talking about fate. Well, yes, I think with today's technology, even that it, you don't, you just have to be driven to to drive opinion. Um, you might have to have some money, but you're not going to have to have all the money, so to speak. Okay, what if you? Uh I don't even. I want mean, to, let's face it. I don't it, want to look at the like, internet like face, quite yet. For example, Facebook not fact checking any political ads, yep. right? Okay, so swaying the opinion of so, idiocracy, though, because there are some people who, fifteen years of Facebook and social media, have developed a filter to the point where it's like, oh, okay, I know how to sift through the garbage of Facebook, and I know how to spot something real. I have that's like the one half of one percent of the population. That sounds like a start for uh, answering Miguel's question as to who is in power and who is in control of the way that this country goes. Again, this goes back to this goes back to the traffic on the highway. Uh, I'm not willing to concede that the people controlling the traffic on the highway are in control because I don't think that the traffic on the highway is in control because the traffic on the highway is idiocracy. And I I turn the blinders on to their ability to do anything beyond the the realms that they've been relegated to. Here's here's again it might then maybe my thinking is superficial because if you google right now wealthiest families in the world you're going to mm-hmm. see the Walton family at the top you're going to see the um Coke Cokes yeah. Coke brothers number 2 right now. Mm-hmm. You know you don't see on that list? Mm. Me. <laughs> No, anybody at this table? No, yet. shocking. Not there but yet. like, you know, you know, his family names you don't see on there, uh, the Rothschilds. <clears throat> yeah, you don't see them on that list. Their net worth is secret. Yeah, you don't see Putin, Putin on that list. Yeah, his net worth is secret. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. okay. Uh, so the, the, again, you're you're wanting to look beyond. Um. I'm thinking very, very practical, practical in uh, terms of who's I in power. I appreciate it, yeah. and, and you're thinking, which I appreciate. You have to, yeah. This well, is why it's a perfect setup to discuss. Because yeah, and you're you're thinking about there, you know what, man? There's something beyond wealth. We're, we're talking about um, what I'm fascinated by is. Do you think that to you the the idea what I'm talking about? This is, is one is of those things and trivial you, because you're talking about fuck the the, the the oligarchy. Fate is ultimately in control. Well, if you can't tell, this is one of the. If you can't tell yet, this is one of those things that I have in my own time quietly reserved to myself and said I'm gonna I'm gonna dedicate a lot of time to making sure that this is right, and uh, I'm gonna dedicate a lot of time to making sure there's some legitimacy to this before I present it. Because if I present it and I don't feel Super comfortable with it. I'm not going to be able to present it, but I'm at the point where I feel comfortable with presenting it. Yeah. You just have to somehow 
will it out of me <laughs> in a weird way, if that makes any sense. No, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. So it, it feels to me. You got to ask the right questions and I'll answer them. I just can't. Uh, I, I'm I'm still not there yet with 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 telling you exactly what my being is comfortable with telling myself. Okay. I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> that was an odd statement. Beyond but, okay, uh, this uh, let me let me tie it back to a conversation we've had plenty, uh, a thousand years ago. Um, what was the gauge for power? Probably uh, bloodline. Okay. What did that? Right. Evo- what What did that? But bloodline church, right? I, I would bloodline ag- slash church. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, if you go back, it, it it's probably more primitive. But but there's this like evolutionary sort of transition to different modes of what signifies as as power. Sure, but would we say that? Um, I'm I'm saying currency and money is literally a fabricated sort of combat combat to that to what natural power was at one point. On this planet, I agree with somebody that. came along and said, "I want some of that. How do we do that? How do we how do we tap into what they have that we don't have? Clearly, how do we do it?" And when you start talking about that, you, it's a deeper, f- fundamental conversation. We're talking about uh, we're talking about perhaps like the the approach to to Lucifer's goal on on yeah. on the planet. Again, that's an extreme. Like jump, yeah, I was, the devil, was out here of, comes the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that damn devil. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, mean, I, get, I get what you're saying. What 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 was power two thousand years ago is is very different from what is power today. Right. I think that over time, the word what, it's kind of bloated right now. The word influence, correct, is so much more meaningful to the word power than it was two three thousand years ago. So what's going to influence well, people in five hundred years? Influence is power. Influence is power. Yeah. But I mean, right. but it's easier to influence with no actual power. Yes, in 2020. Yeah, because if you're if you're if you're a Koch brothers child at this point, you have influence out of the womb. Right, out of the womb goes well, back to goes well, back you can't to be a Koch then. brothers child because I, they're both uh, of a certain breed of. Uh, I, I don't I, know. If, I think in they have one of them was one of them's dead. Does either of them have kids? You know? I don't know. I'm not sure. In really, in vitro. I, Oh. In vitro. Is Fertil- that fertilization? Ah, uh, yes. They can still have children. Yes. In the bloodline. They can yeah. adopt. They can't adopt. <laughs> if I was a billionaire and I said professional, I'd, I'd, I'd want to save my sperm, my nuts, my everything. Like, I want those fuckers <laughs> to clone me on 200 just from now, damn it. Do what you will. Yeah, no, I, but do, I, I, I do I, believe that money was a, a creation by... The people that wanted to experience power on a larger scale that may or may not have, yeah, I mean, we, have we, had we, we, well, we, physical strength for so long was probably power. It right? was physical you strength, know? which transferred into military strength. And Correct. I think afterward, there were people who were like, because trades always before money, quote unquote money and coins, trade skills, skills were exchanged, exchange. And that was currency. I agree with you. I think that somewhere along the line, people were like, no, nah, you know what? I don't have any skills. How do I get power? Currency, motherfucker, coins. Who who, who thought of, of coins uh, being, you know, shekels, if you will, being the weight of, of to 
to exchange goods. Right, instead of actual goods themselves. That that to me is it's gonna be hard to pinpoint and I don't wanna that go off way I don't wanna go off Wikipedia for it either. I wanna try to oh, dissect it live and in person here to see like how well, close that's gonna we can go get. back Egyptian, right? Uh, yeah. yes, but we're gonna go back further than that? Probably. Which, I mean, the, the, I mean, we could go back to not the middle, but the old kingdom and that. And yeah, I mean, it could it could arguably go back to that. I don't know what the oldest coins are right off the top of my head. But, but you, even you in f- those times, I don't think that the coins were above the skills and the abilities and the trades of the, not the, compared the, the to townsfolk. The last not compared to now. A few hundred years, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so I get that. But I mean, yeah, if you're I am I, I love what you're saying. In 100 years, I, I hope that that there's something beyond money that equates to to power. Well, it's funny because it's, it's going back to Gene Roddenberry. He's, mm-hmm. He was, he was so, the most beautiful thinkers of all time. Uh, he, he, in his future, there is no money. Because yeah, right. there, there was that great scene in Star Trek whenever they go back in time, I think it was a, vil, a voyage home, where he's like... 1984? Gotta, yeah, and he was just like, uh, they, we got to be careful. To get the whales? We, we got to... They still use money at this time, so we have to take mm-hmm. that into consideration. I remember watching that when I was a kid, and I was like, whoa, fuck is he talking about? Uh, that has one of my favorite movie lines of, of, of a, well, maybe not of all time, but it has one of my favorite Which funny is, movie lines. It's, uh, you know, Spock's kind of odd, you know, during that time and that, and the, the scientist, because he had just jumped into the pool with the whales to communicate with them, and they were walking, and the the marine biologist ladies uh like what's wrong with him and uh kurt leans leans in and he goes too much lds <laughs> lds or lsd where he meant L- well he was yeah. thinking lsd but, but he said he too got much it wrong LDS. he got oh, it wrong because he was out of yeah did, he, did, they, he did they leave that line in you know, on yeah that line? yeah yeah it's great, That's great. it, it works LDS. yeah because you know yeah he, he, well, i don't he's I not don't... supposed to know what that means no he doesn't yeah. and he's using it out of context yes. right and he's Spock Canadian. Is, and Spock is cussing out of context. You know, uh, he's ass, shit, damn. Uh, that's pretty funny. He's using colorful metaphors that they use in the 80s. Colorful metaphors. <sighs> I, but love, that, but I that, love it. That to I me love is, Star Trek The Voyage Home. I do too. And that's, that's so, so fascinating seeing that future interact with our world. Because he, Kirk says things like, well, they, they still use money at this time. And there's a scene where he's trading a watch or some shit. And the guy at the pawn shop gives him money. And Kirk goes, is that a lot? Yeah, <laughs> he has no context so. for what money is in the future, and like there was the one. Uh, it wasn't Star Trek Nemesis. It was it was one insurrection. Of the Star- I th- it it, it, w- it was the one with the Borg. First Contact. First, First contact, contact was yeah. my favorite Star Trek movies of all time. Those TNG movies are really good, actually. Like they're, they, there's yeah. a special oh, feeling yeah. to yeah. them yeah. that's just like ah, this is how this is you home. take yeah, this is how you take a good TV show and make a good movie out of it. I love. Yeah. It. I, I wish MacGyver could have done the same no. thing. <laughs> I love. MacGyver. I love horrible Dick Dean Anderson. Man, he, he's. Yeah, I, I yeah. loved him. As a little kid, I loved that crazy ass show. The fucker can make it. Yeah. He could just get out of any situation with whatever was in his pockets. It's pretty but, awesome. Well, but, he did make a movie, but he right? wasn't powerful. He was he wasn't powerful he according was, to twenty twenty standards. He was powerful because of his head, man. Exactly. Yeah. It was he was before uh, that movie with with freaking pill where you take it limitless. Uh, limitless. Yeah, man. He didn't need a pill, dude. What a <laughs> Think about what that movie's done to people, uh, though. Like they they see that movie, that movie's teetering on sixteen, seventeen years, right? 
So Damn, any man. kid who watches that and says, "Oh, this is how I get, this is how I get to be like an X Men. I just got pop a pill." Well, they're, yeah. they're addicted to prescription man, that, medication. That, for let's the next say that feeds into our society where we you take bet, a drug man. and fear so, everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Fuck, ah, see, fuck Bradley Cooper. <laughs> and, <laughs> but going going back to what I was saying about the, uh, the that concept of that kind of future where they that, that in, inevitable. Well, what I was saying was in uh, the one with the Borg, which was first contact. Inevitable. There was a girl from. <laughs> The, the slight future where she she meets Kirk. The slight future? No, no, well, I mean, I think it takes place right after World War III is that when they go back in time. Oh, okay. And he meets that one girl who goes with him on the ship, and she's taken aback by the Enterprise. And she's like, how much does this stuff cost? And he's like, we don't really have currency in the future. People aren't really poor. Everything yeah. is provided for. Yeah. There's, we don't really have poor in our time. You're living in a very primitive society. I hope that is the inevitable future. The word you just used, it's coming. Or it's inevitable. I Miguel, hope so. What, what, if we're, what if we're living in that future right now? What do you mean? How okay. the hell? Uh, a transition period would be a weird feeling. To, to transition into that future that God, you're talking about, man, there's, you, you need to have, but you need to have a, I, I know, I, I'm being naive to the reality outside this door and outside this window and the fact that I got to go to work tomorrow from nine to five. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Well, even in that future, you're going to have to have some sort of duty that you do. Absolutely. Right? And you're not necessarily going to necess- have, have full freedom of choice in, in that. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to get there, though, you just you have to provide it for everybody's basic needs. There has to be an easy way to provide food and an easy way to provide shelter. I don't yeah, believe, and that's the start. And it's know. maybe I'm the problem because I don't believe in universal income. Basic income. But I do believe in things like universal health care. So I think maybe I'm part of the transition. I don't want to live in a fucking society where people are selling their car to pay for their medical bills or, or they're putting a well, second want, mortgage on their freaking house. I want to talk about that transition a little bit, actually, because in the last 20 years, uh, are you guys familiar with the term shared economy at all? Um, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to uh, reacquaint us with that thanks okay. to people like Andrew Yang. Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> shared economy is what I believe we are transitioning to. It is this weird sort of phenomena where people are just taking a look around at their possessions and what they actually spend the most time with, and they're finding sources of added revenue from things that they always had in front of them that they just never tapped into, and they were always giving other people money. Uh, to accommodate. Uh, oh, yeah. No, taxi service. Instead I, of taxi service, oh, I become the taxi service. Uh, instead of uh, renting no, a hotel, oh, I can rent from someone who's renting out their we're, we're Airbnbs. Uh, we're transitioning there. We haven't, the thing is, we have not figured out all of the other things. I don't know if I can say, hey, uh, stop buying movies from uh, Best Buy and let me <laughs> give you my Voodoo account and I'll charge you $2. Wait a minute. Uh, I, I just uh, I just got an idea for something and I'm not going to say it on go, there right now. Okay, don't. Uh, uh, because but, oh my this, God, but, I just yes, thought of something. Shared economy is like this untapped gold mine of the every single possession that you have look at what we're doing here the, these are your microphones they are now sitting on my dinner table and we're producing a cumulative project that a year ago we didn't know could even happen but it it, it it's here it's, uh, I, I think it's beautiful then because we're going back it's poetic to like the, we're going back to the 19th century where that's what people did hey uh you get by and you get 
compensated for what you're good at doing. Yeah, Bob or uh, you know so and so that lives on the other side of the village or the other side of town. Well, he could come by in the farm and help you out with this piece because he has one of those. And so, right. And here's know, the good news, everyone partner. out there, uh, all the people we berated as idiocracy, uh, idiocracy <laughs> citizens. Here's the good news: you're good at driving. You're good at living in a house. <laughs> you're, you're good at at doing very basic things that all we have to do is find methods of income for so that people can branch away from dedicating their time and their energy to making people in specialized fields rich, which I get it. Some of those fields are necessary, but some of those fields can't persist if we're transitioning towards a, a larger scale change. So, we, we have to find ways of accommodating a sustainable living, like you said, and a roof over our heads and food in our mouths that require uh, basic skills to meet the basic needs. It's it's one of those things where I think it's it's a really nice and interesting thing that's happening from a negative situation. I think that, the, again, the divide between the rich and the poor in the U.S. has gotten so bad that the working class is forced to be more innovative. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is what's feeding into the shared economy. Mm -hmm. I actually apologize. I have heard of that concept. Yeah. I watch a guy online called David Pakman. He always talking about the shared economy, how people – you, you can like uh, – give people rides. That's why Uber and Lyft are so big. We don't need taxis anymore. Yeah. Man, you can join Uber or Lyft. You can deliver groceries and fast food to people. It's like... The Favor app. Yes. Yeah. Be being the middleman to P2P communication in the economical sense is like a, a realm that nobody had ever thought of because we were so busy doing jobs for people that we yeah. weren't working for ourselves on a very primitive level. Or for each other. Or for each other. Or, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's beautiful. Like I said, if there's there's so many concepts of the 19th century, not things like owning and being able to own a guy, nothing bad like that. <laughs> but there's concepts of the 19th century that, that in the early 1900s that have to Made be a with, hell of a lot of sense. They did when it comes to communicating, when it comes to community. People in our community associating with one another um, – and I, I kind of like that about the shared economy because you meet interesting people. It's the working class helping each other. What we're doing right now, like you said, I literally brought over equipment so we can enjoy this podcast in a, on a, in a different way since I'm a third voice here. I, I, I like that idea. I think it's beautiful. I love the idea of a shared economy. Again, I just don't like the <laughs> that it's the eventuality or it's the result of the working class being forced to be more innovative. It's a rejection, man. It, well, it is a, it's a it, natural it's a good rebellion. It's a natural rejection of the options that we have been presented. And perhaps the options we've been presented aren't so bad, but they're not indicative of potential. The, the, it's just, I believe that there is a cap on, on the inf the corporate infrastructure of America and the industrialization of it. I, yeah, I just yeah. feel like we there's peak, there's peak in golden age moments in all the stuff that we, all the small stuff we talk about. There's peak ages in pop music. There's peak ages in in action movies. There's peak you're, ages in in science fiction. You're, you're talking about the peak of consumerism. Yeah, it's come yeah, and gone. I I believe that we are. You can't convince the blob of this because they're not. They. It's so hard to take them away from something that they feel attached to. I'm guilty of it. I I, I mean, I like or, ordering, I, 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 ordering things online. Absolutely. I love ordering yeah. shit online because it's 
but that convenient. all that has been is a strategic extension of your attachment to consumerism. Absolutely. It's been a convenience. It's like early 2000s. If you were you wouldn't even know if you were growing a sense of detachment from consumerism. And if you'd spent like a week or two just contemplating like oh, maybe I spend a little too much money. Boom. In comes this Internet boom that says. Oh, all the stuff you're tired of doing and getting Guess up and what? doing? Ah, here it is, front and center in front of you. And all that is is sort of a, a, a smoke and mirrors to pad that way of, of life phasing out. And I get it. I get it in a respective and, and empathetic way. There are livelihoods at stake. There's there's empires at stake. There's ways of thinking at stake. There's reputations. There's There's so much at stake that if you just pull the plug on that entire thing very quickly and rapidly, it, it, it can't happen that way. I get it. It can't happen that way. But that it's, does yeah, not prevent the inevitable transition from making its insertion into that broken system and saying, we have to get better. Because if we don't get better, then this is all... you. Get ready for a thousand years of, of consumerism, but radicalized to the point where uh, you blink your eyes three times I, I, and I, there's a knock on the door with a delivered package. I want to be part of a movement that rebels against that thing. You guys seen the movie Wally? Yes. Remember how society was portrayed in Wally, where it's a bunch of bloated douchebags? Yes. Plugged. And they're just lounging in their spaceship. They're, well, they're basically like society has become a bunch of people who won't get out of their fucking recliner. And, and the robots are the ones having transcendental sort of right. epiphanic moments. That, that, that is the worst case scenario for our society, and I think we're headed that way. And I think that there needs to be a rebellion that says no. Uh, I, I mentioned this story. Sounds like a horrible segue, but I mentioned this story, I think, before with us. Uh, the story of uh, John Titor. It's a supposed time traveler guy. Yeah. And he had said, I'm going to tell you guys a secret, and people in my future hate you. We think you're a bunch of idiots, and the future we're cleaning up is because of you. And he says that one thing I love about my future is that it, it, it's so much revolved around community. He said, I've noticed that the only time you people act like we do in the future is whenever there's a blackout. Mm. And that's really sad. And I think that I want to be part of a rebellion that says, you know what? We don't need to wait for a fucking yep. blackout. We you don't need to wait for the internet to go out of work to... to put your goddamn phone down and to have a sense of community. And... To, Turn off uh, the, you know, the, the big screen and the cable and have a night where you and a dozen people are not plugged into technology. You and bet. You're in your backyard, you're in your front yard, you're in your kitchen, you're in your fucking living room, and you're having discussions about life. Baby steps, man. Those are the baby steps I, I to this. Read, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be part of a movement that is uh, back going back to the community. You where... best start believing in ghost stories, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> you're in one. I want to, yeah, I want to. <laughs> you're in it. You're in it, man. And I, this is the part where it's tough to communicate. Like, you are in that. You may be on the front lines of that. I want to tell people about it. I want to be like, hey, man, what was the last time you put your goddamn phone down and you you got with your four, five best friends and you weren't all talking about something you saw on Twitter? You weren't talking about politics. Maybe you are. It's okay. Yeah. But you're you're in your house. Yeah. And it's it's like it was in the late. 19th century the early 1900s where you're you're actually communicating mm -hmm. uh, you know it doesn't have to be extreme existential conversations but fuck you're it being can be it can be but you're being social and i think that that that's where i'm worried about is i've, I've been to quote-unquote parties 
where it's like I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm like I'm the dork in the room because I'm waiting for people to just sort of hang out and talk, and everyone's on their Twitter. on their damn phone. Yeah. Everyone's on their Twitter. No one's talking. It's quiet. Everyone's on their Twitter, and it's like I'm at the fucking library. I was like, man, I came over to for you guys to hang out. The fuck are we doing? You know, I hate that shit. If you want to do it a little, you know, take a break from talking. You know, take a shit. And you're on your Twitter, fine. <laughs> but I hate going to these so-called get-togethers. No one's getting together. No one's yeah. fucking talking. Everyone's scrolling down their Facebook feed, bitching about the shit that their mom and dad are posting. <laughs> it's like, why? Then why are you like, why are you still on? Why do you still have your mom and dad and friends on Facebook if they're tweeting a bunch of conspiracy shit from Donald Trump? It's like it's that. That's been that. That's become a shit mill. We all we joke about Facebook becoming a shit mill. How evil Mark Zuckerberg is, but no one's gonna unplug from that. No one's gonna unplug from Twitter. No one's gonna unplug from from Facebook. No one's gonna unplug from the shit that we 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 are conscious to an extent that we don't like. Yeah. And go back to being a fucking community, and that—that's—that's that's what what pisses me off. Is I'm worried we're headed towards the Wally future, where that—that's where we're gonna be instead of being. Isn't there a way of, of communicating that, that sense of community through the platforms that have inverted that sense of community, and and sort of just. Well, maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'm Ready Player One at the end of the book and movie when he's like, "Yeah, we Sundays, Sundays and Tuesdays that it's turned off." Yeah, I love that because there was that. There's the heroes uh, who, who become the heroes of this digital existence that says, "You know what? We got to take a step back." Yeah, yeah. It's this. This isn't real, you know. And I love that about the book and love that about the movie. We got to do that in real life, man. Well, th- you you think of of the the old plot of. All of these bring the bring the big guy down sort of plot lines and stuff like uh, Inside Man, stuff like Network. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. If if you we we have the natural gift of actually being immersed in the world that we disagree with to a certain to a certain degree, uh, or or we disagree in the direction that's going. Right. We're all on social media here. Uh, recent. Convert barely. Morgan, I know I, I I've been made fun of most of my adult life for not being on Facebook, for not being a big part of Twitter. Yeah. I, I have not found any of that appealing at all. That's I mean, great. Twitter to a Good certain extent, That's but I, great. I mean, I'm on Twitter ten minutes a day, maybe. Now here's here's the thing. I've been on Facebook since. March of oh five, the the, the, Damn, the yeah, the, you were at the start, man. I absolutely, didn't, I didn't jump into like oh eight or oh nine. I've been on Twitter since oh eight oh nine, since the launch, since the eggs, mm-hmm. <laughs> since the eggs. Yes, I miss the eggs. Now here's the thing, I've been there from the inception, so I've seen the transition from when it was being used for something that was actually pretty interesting. Uh, and the goals were a sense of community, sharing when, your life. Yes, sharing your sharing your life with people that didn't have access to your life, uh, and you wanted them to have access to your life. Long distance friends, long distance family. Yeah, that, man, you get to communicate with some guy in Chicago who has your music mm-hmm. interest. In now you. it's been perverted because of ego, because of narcissism, because of vanity, because narratives over facts. Look yes, at what happened with the last election with Facebook. But it's been perverted based on a trickle down sort of uh effect uh it's it's happened from the top down it's it's a strategic rollout i i've talked about this truman show effect very frequently uh since like i want to say 0809 there's been this directive to make people feel as if their world is the only world 
Well, isn't uh, isn't everything around us, does it not convince us that that's the truth? Just think about everything that from the time you wake up, doing everything that you do during a day that is attempting to influence you or what does influence you. Mm-hmm. I mean, even your pets. When, you, when I walk in the house, my pets are trying to influence me. They want me to pet them. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, from something as simple as that to you know the red light wants me to stop the green light tells me to go yep everything that in and then when you add social media into it where you can kind of put some ideas out there and then somebody likes what you said or what you posted and you start to get you know this feeling i mean everything that we've built in society today leads towards you being narcissistic leads towards you being only thinking about me correct i'm the only one in this world and i don't have to live around others like conformity uh, you know Everybody needs to fucking conform. I'm tired of people saying, I don't conform. Uh, Wait a you second. You need to conform. You need to conform to society's norms. You can't just Wait drive the way you want to drive. Okay. You, right. you well, can't you, just. You have to walk that line carefully because conforming to society's norms look, is saying assimilation. Wear a damn to uniform me. when you go to school. Wear proper clothes when you're at work. There are certain things you should do that should not be negative. When it comes to conforming, because we live with other people, and in order to live with other people peacefully and to get along, we have to have some form of confirmation. I I think that there is such a thing as as healthy conformity. I think that if people conform to certain good ideas about treating each other well, I think conform about being organized. I think it's a two-way street, though. Yeah, but there's also, again... Look, there's conformity that's negative that you avoided. Like you said, I didn't want to get on fucking social media for the longest time. That was you being an yeah. anti-conformist. Give in. Yeah. Give in. I'll stop wearing but sweatpants not, to work. But, but I guess the kind of conformity I'm talking about, though, is like me not being on social media is not affecting the other people around me. Yeah. I, if anything, you could say, well, my family can't keep tabs on me. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Or I don't talk to some friends mm. as much as I would have. Ask anybody with there, a grandma but... on Facebook. Uh, it's a <laughs> God, good. Man, it's a I good didn't... thing. <laughs> it's so weird though, because you said you you saw the transition because you were in there when the shit started. Yes, I, I wouldn't. Back in two thousand eight, I saw. It was almost like a whole generation got a hold of these well, tools and used it based on their conditioning, which was just a little more accelerated towards the narcissistic conditioning. Well, it, this was easily predictable because when AOL hits the thing and you have all these stupid chat rooms in AOL, it's the same thing. And even before AOL, when you had message boards, it's the same thing. They're, yeah, all, right. in, they're all brought on as this sense of community and people can talk and chat together, and then it just gets perverted and goes down, yeah. <laughs> goes way so left would you agree that or way right. Would you say or agree, maybe you disagree, that corporate greed is probably one of the biggest factors in Facebook becoming so perverted? I mean, shit, dude, back in 2007 or eight when I joined, it was when I was still in City College, it was just kids. It was just people my age, between the age of like 17 and 20 people in college, mm-hmm. Creeping on each other's lives, sharing yeah. each other's lives. Of course, there's a bit of narcissism there. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But these pages of these political pages and these political ads. Non-existent. Also, they didn't exist back no. then. I mean, if you saw a page dedicated to someone's favorite restaurant, it's like, eh, that's funny. It's lighthearted. It's a novelty. That's what if this is the gamut that everything runs through and this is just like, uh, yeah, what if this is just the natural life cycle of something like this. it's the natural like it's the natural life cycle corporate of greed something. kicks if, in if, and if, then it dies because it's it's fun finding those things that haven't been perverted through corporate well, bullshit. They, well, well i'm glad you bring that it's up a too. platform where you can advertise or try to influence though it won't stay pure very long i think it can 
in the Roddenberry future. <laughs> but, okay, uh, I'm he, glad you mentioned what you just mentioned. It's fun to find those things that have not been perverted. Have you, I'm sure we've all had this moment in life where we listen to a musical artist or we see a movie and you come to find out that nobody has seen this movie and nobody, just quietly observe that nobody knows of this mu- musical artist. Hanzo and, the Razor. Okay. It's a great uh, movie. For me it was... Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> he knows how good Hanzo the Razor is, but oh. he's keeping it to himself, and he's o- A-OK I will with hope you guys see it at some point. Because I, I, yes. But you don't want, you don't want Joe Blow uh, to see the it. The world won't like it. Good. So there's the key, Miguel. Finding stuff that the world won't like. Damn it. See, that's the catch then, because it's like we if the world discovers it, it inevitably becomes perverted. The world doesn't discover does anything. Yes. Yeah. God dang it. No, there has to be. <laughs> yeah, it nah. does seem that it way. It can't though it be that way, man. There has to be something that our generation, maybe the next generation, Generation Z, creates that is not going to be perverted by corporate bullshit. There needs to be, maybe there needs to be. A new form of communication? There needs to be uh, a new, maybe there needs to be, I was telling Maggie this other night, maybe there needs to be a new Facebook that goes back to what it was in 2007, where it's just people. You never want to regress. It's not regressing, though. If we fix what the good thing was about what it was without the corporate bullshit, without the advertising, without the propaganda, without people being able to buy fucking ads, just people. Well, that's what we're doing here. It's three of us. Yeah, it's three of us, but your your wife is going to listen to it. My wife's going to listen to it. Morgan's wife's going to listen to it. It's not just three people. Then I love the idea of... of again, it's communication of, on a private level. I love the idea of podcasts for that, for that reason, but there mm-hmm. has to be something beyond that. There has to be... And it can't be fucking Friendster if that still exists. <laughs> MySpace... Friendster? If that was a thing, uh, MySpace died uh, for the most part and just became like a music thing. Why does it have to be anything internet at all? Yeah, because that goes back to what I was saying is, you know, fuck the Internet. Let's have yeah, go back even more primitive. What if it's just human conversation going back to that? I don't yeah. know it, 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 because of the because way because we don't all get along uh, as human beings. Right. There's always somebody. And, at, it, and, uh, it's, and it's difficult sometimes to have. I think we get along the more we speak like we get along uh, better. Well, yeah. Well, when if we can break some walls down and and see things from other people's point of view, yes. then then yes, uh, we can move forward. But but you have to cut through the small talk pretty quickly to do that. Yeah, and and there's too much small talk in this world. So there's another thing on our list of things to get rid of: small talk to a certain degree, or at least uh, deplatforming what small talk means today and graduating from weather, food. Uh, whatever wardrobe you had on. Where you from? Where you from? Yeah. How about this weather, man? How? What do you do for a living? Huh? No. How about um? Small small talk is is indicative of people wanting to be friendly and people wanting to break the the uncomfortable. It's an icebreaker. Yeah, but I'm not saying get rid of small talk. Forward it. Yeah. I'm not saying get rid of small talk. I'm saying redefine what small talk is. That'd be very fascinating because then, like, is somebody you just met? How are you feeling today? Is anything interesting happened to you today? You're, you're asking about replacing petty, superficial small talk with slightly more, talk more meaningful small talk. That'd be a very interesting change in the culture too. Can you imagine like being meeting somebody for the first time? 
how are you feeling today or how what kind of a day did you have yesterday you're like what the <laughs> fuck yeah most people well, this guy's like, way too wait, personal can yeah. you give us your uh sci-fi disclaimer uh this this is a trademarked idea thing because i think we're gonna need it here what do you mean well what miguel just said sounds like a really good like interesting premise for uh, a movie, oh, or, a movie? Or a tv <laughs> show <laughs> already, already, where already everybody's walking around and they're communicating on a on an elevated level just to see what sort of reactions they're god getting. that's that would be i would love to write that in a, in a society a hundred years from now where small talk doesn't exist where you see people say I mean, well how, that's how? the thing miguel is a hundred years from now it doesn't a hundred years from now unless we have made zero progress talking about the weather it has moved Bro, on to a higher the weather's still going to be there I, I don't know that that's ever going to go away man it's just it affects your everyday life i already right? got it and, i already got the plot in my head yeah, right. mm. some, that'd be the perfect way to shit on this society make people <laughs> self-reflect is to have a guy visit who's like this is this, this is what's wrong with you petty motherfuckers and you're an embarrassment <laughs> this is, this is uh, the guy you were talking about, the time traveler. Well, John Satur did it to an extent. He only said a few. Well, he said a lot of things about our society that sucked compared to where he supposedly came from. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a hoax of a story. Online. Yeah, absolutely. That was fascinating and brilliant written. Written. Um, but yeah, I would like to write that. I'd like to write a story about somebody who comes back and is just like, "This is why your pieces of shits, and this is how the way things should be." And it really forces people to self reflect. I think when I talked to you guys about this one time is the the sort of childish consumerism that we have in the U.S. where yeah. somebody's going to look back and watch these people crying on Oprah when she's like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. And these women are crying and they're like fainting. Like, oh my God, being acting so hysterical over winning just a fucking car, man. That you're going to have to pay taxes on. Yeah, and it's like you didn't you didn't get told that that your all of your daughters have been cured of cancer. <sighs> you didn't get told we're bringing back your dead relatives. No, bitch, we, we, we just told these people that you, you've got a, a van and a car, and they're fainting, and they're crying, and they're losing their collective shit. Mm-hmm. People decades from now are going to look back at that and be like, what the fuck was wrong with people back then? Did you see the way they acted right. over cars? Did you see the way they beat the shit out of each other trying to get a big screen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's, I, get, I hope our grandkids are watching this and listening to this and being like, man. They they had it right. They might be able to. They're gonna laugh at us. They might be able to access a live video feed that we don't even know exists of this show in their time. <laughs> they didn't know the whole time they were being. Every American was being spied on. Uh, I'm not even. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, but maybe there. <laughs> it was 1984, and the dumb bastards didn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe they've pushed the agenda so far in the future that they can do something like, well, we opened up the last episode with the acceleration of something like Heaven on Earth and, and uh, you know, realizing the potential, pushing the limits so that you can get there and so that you leave no, sto- no stone unturned and, and you're sort of maximizing the realm of possibilities that exist out there in the infinite universe. So... If they are doing that, which I hope that they are doing in hundreds and thousands of years down the road, it's, in my personal opinion, inevitable, then perhaps there is some sort of time travel where my future, uh, my future great, ancestors, great, 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 great are, are literally sitting in on this and experiencing it as if we, what we were talking about, where we were traveling back in time uh, when we die and we're experiencing like past lives and past histories. Maybe we're they sorry. can do that every day. Wasn't there a thing uh, the ufologist had told a story about? Can you uh, give your the trademark? Cron- yeah. cron- the chronalizer. There don't, was. Don't steal this idea because that was a good one too. There was a. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I, it's done. It's stolen. Somebody listening to this stole the damn thing, uh, Sasha. But I'm saying there, there was a chrono, was it a chronovisor? There was a story that a ufologist had told about supposedly when it comes to secret government programs mm. that was called. We a, like those here on Meander. Dang it! It was yes, called. Yes, we a, do. I think it was called a chronovision or something like that. It was. It was. Uh, it was a device supposedly that the government had that could look back in time. Mm. That, that they had that kept secret that you could they watched the crucifixion of Christ. They watched uh, look up Chronovision or Chronovisor. It was some device supposedly that the government has that's able to look back in time at certain events if you knew exactly where to look in space time. Uh, yeah, Chronovisor. There we oh, go. There it is. Okay. See that that's what you're saying is actually a supposed thing. The Chronovisor was allegedly a functional time viewer described by Father Francois Brune in his 2002 book. Le Nouveau Mystère du Vatican. Only you could have said that the right. The New Boots. Vatican Mystery is what that translates to. Oh, my God, to. sounds amazing. Brune is the author of several... <laughs> Are you being facetious? No, man. Okay. Because the concept sounds amazing, especially with the way you're pronounced it. Brune is the author of several books on the paranormal and religion. You know, that mix right there is really interesting to me. It's inevitable. Uh, paranormal and religion. Uh, yeah, just being hybridized into thought and into theory is basically what I wish science would do. Like, in a weird way. It's parapsychology uh, par- parapsychology meets, meets oh, yeah. religion. The actual, actual scientists take yeah. the paranormal seriously. Yeah, maybe I'm tired of scientists uh, studying you know, all the planets that are out there, or uh, the exoplanets. I, I, I get why they're... T- you want some Peter Venkmans, you want some Ghostbusters people yeah, with PhDs man. basically exploring the weird, creepy but shit. But this ties back to... Do they have those capabilities? I don't know. Maybe they, their, their skill set does not afford it. Maybe they've been cranked out on a assembly line style system of creating these specialized things that uh, these specialized ho- uh, careers that perpetuate the status quo of what science has become. In my opinion, modern science. I, at I, least. I have a hard time disagreeing with what you're. Saying. Modern science doesn't do anything except correct what. Older science got wrong, in my opinion, and that there's a place for that, but it's not innovative. Uh, they're, they're innovative. I, I gave you that article today about innovation. I think I, think I told you that's just nanotechnology with a spruced up, it's, it's modernized innovation. twist on it. it. But it's it's nanotechnology. It's nanobots that that's been around since the 20th century. Here's here's we well, just the, the idea of it has yes, the actual practicality of it has not. I want to find, by the way, this this book. It sounds amazing. In the book, Brune relates the chronovisor was built by by Pellegrino Emity, an Italian priest and scientist. Although Emity was a real person, the existence or functionality of the chronovisor has never been confirmed. Its alleged capabilities are strongly reminiscent of the fictional time viewer which feature which is featured in T. L. Sherrod's 1947 science fiction novella E for Effort. <laughs> That sounds, sounds like one I need to go back and watch. Yeah, E for effort. 1947 science fictional novella. Let's go down this Wikipedia rabbit hole real quick. E for effort is a science fiction novella. What's a novella, Miguel? I am not familiar with that specific term. I'm By American writer T.L. Sherrod, first published 1947, about the consequences of a time viewer. Isn't that weird? 47, that's like right post-World War II. Yeah. It's well, like, man, that was how the fuck can we go back and erase what just happened? Like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with finding something that can go back and erase what just happened. Interesting. Probably look what happened to Japan. Yeah. Uh, what was, was it said? Oppenheimer? I yeah. have become death. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, Dude, you think shit. of nuclear proliferation and how quickly technology can get out of hand. They're probably spitting out their fucking drinks after 45. Yep. You know, and that's, that's kind of what that's kind of what I think gets us to to that Roddenberry like future much quicker. Not not the Oppenheimer style thing, uh, but the proliferation of of good stuff, of good, good thought. I know good, it's t- good thought. Yeah. I good mean, thought. Yeah. May, maybe. Yeah. You know, there, there's the old adage, you know, actions speak louder than words. But what actions do is they give, they give the blob, uh, the, the general public, they give, they give them an in. If somebody sees you doing something, uh, I've been watching Messiah uh, lately, a Netflix show about the potentialities of a second coming of Christ and the implications that that would carry over based on all these various perspectives. And the show does a decent job of portraying from different viewpoints what it would come off as, from the CIA to uh, backdoor preachers in rural Texas to uh, Muslims overseas who have completely different core beliefs. Uh, well, maybe Israel. Not. Yeah, exactly. Um, to politicians in America and how they would handle it in modern times so in order for real real progress to be made you stuff like that is educational in the sense that you almost have to circumvent it all (laughs) You, you you almost have to you almost have to exclude the general public from something like that in order to work on what needs to be in place for something like that to be acceptable to the general public without them having control over which way it goes. You get what I'm saying? Kind of. Okay. Uh, man, it's hard to... There's no other parallel for that. <laughs> there, there's no other analogy other than the second coming that I can come up with. Then just say it. That's it. Okay. I mean, the fuck does in it? order for the second coming to ever come, it has to almost have already come. And say and say basically, I'm not gonna allow the ability for take a look at the way the world works nowadays. If you guys get a hold of a fucking rumor, it's turned into and thwarted and, and maligned into all these various narratives and all these ideas. That's already come and and failed. Uh, the story of Christ in in the first rendition has taken on all these. The story of God has yeah. taken on all of these exponential variations that have resulted in this point in time, which we can agree has had several successes and several good things have happened throughout the course of human history, but several ridiculous things have happened and several... uh, The Inquisition, the Crusades. Several misinterpretation or several results of misinterpreting what may have been... Intended. Intended. Right. So how do you circumvent that is you just don't allow access to that until until it's proven that it can be handled. Here, here's the thing. I think it would be the opposite of that. I think that the, the reason and it sounds like I'm strangely defending a religion here, but, okay. the, but the reason that the shit happened the way it did is because of the the lack of access to information Let, let's say that that there is some validity to the idea of, of christ okay or maybe some alien sent him down to enlighten us and we fucked it up mm-hmm. everyone had different agendas which is how the inquisition and the crusades took place now okay and people didn't have access to the information that we do nowadays so 
let's say that the so-called second coming happened tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Billions of people would be able to witness it at once. But what would it need to look like for yeah, billions no. of people to say, oh, this is the second coming? Literally, a, a fucking guy would have to come down <laughs> from the sky. There'd have to be a DNA test. A, a DNA test? How do you DNA test God? <laughs> you are not the father. No, I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Hey, would triple you, out, Todger. You could be a rapper. Damn it. What I'm, what I'm saying is it's like... Dead. Like it, that it would have to be that dramatic because it would if this the, the second coming. I disagree. Would if you're talking well, like I don't know how the show Messiah plays out, but isn't he it, he doesn't float down from the sky. I'm no. guessing he's already there. Exactly. It's, it's small acts See, that build that, that, up, that's, to build upon each and other. That that is why in that show there's so many combative people fighting because there's so many narratives that that are able able to argue. What would happen to happen, literally have to happen is a guy would have to come down from the fucking sky on the fucking White House lawn, glowing, and it would have to be something that dramatic for the whole world to be like, holy shit. And even then, skeptics rightfully, healthy, would be like, hold on. <laughs> right. Did we just watch a fucking light show? Are we yeah. watching The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. But if you, what you're talking about, it no, the masses would have to witness something that would shake the world. What, Otherwise, it's going to be like the show. What you're if talking they have about. a private event? Who's they? Uh, like, the masses. The what mass- if the masses have a private event? That if is. If it's the masses, how is it private? I think I'm confused. Uh, okay. Um, man, this this is tough to talk about. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. All right. Uh, a private event meaning a shared sort of sequence of things that within shared synchronicities. Is what I'm going for. Here. Ooh, so like the different people all of the world having things in common. Yes, that eventually make their way through the interconnected web that we're on, and then all of a sudden, uh, these epiphanic moments of wait, this is happening here too. This is happening here too. Oh, you mean you mean it's not just me who's experiencing this? That would and be even better. The world's not a Truman Show for for me, and um, and that- and my life, it, it's. A shattering of ego, respectively. It would that that would be actually theoretically more effective than what I'm talking about. Because if you had these people, like let's say, people in China witnessed this person speak to them, uh, pers- people in Australia, people in Africa, people in Europe and America, it's it how holy shit! How do you debunk that? Irrefutable. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a light show coming down in front of the White House. Correct. That, that a skeptic could be like, that was probably just all special effects. No, these different <laughs> people all over the world are having this experience. It is harder to defunct. And so theoretically, your scenario you're talking about would work better than mine. I was 17 years old when I wrote the following lyric. I said, revolution is a term not often used to describe a movement that cannot be refused. I do not believe that revolutions are what uh, we have been led to believe they are. The revolution will not be televised. I think there's some credence there, but I think it can't be televised because of a lot of the points that that we've made here about do you think how was- corruptible the general public is, and then corporate greed swoops in and they basically capitalize on a revolution. <laughs> it has to be amongst the people. It can't be something that's broadcast. Correct. It. It would almost, the revolution has already come and passed long ago. So it's to the point where we're at the tail end of it. Oh, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, what, what revolution? Okay. Uh, <laughs> because right now I think that we're waiting for one and we need one. Like, 
Have you seen our society? <laughs> They're like, not capable of revolution. This is a well-strategized last gasp of air for the old world to cling to that you are seeing I out there. I hope so. It is. I mean, if you're talking about... Maybe. I, I say that I say that with without a doubt, without a doubt. I don't because I know this is a lot like bowling. The conversations we have of bowling. <laughs> Let me bring it back down to earth a little bit here. This is just like bowling. We play to the level of the competition next to That's us most of the true. time. I know. I was going to get to that in a second. Okay. I was going to say most of the time. Most of the time, when we suck, we're still in the game. Yeah. Okay. True. But we notice that when we're playing to our max potential, we obliterate the other team. Yeah. You're talking about society coming at a precipice, is what you're saying. Correct. Where shit come again comes to a head. But not in the the traditional sense of what history has shown us coming to a head means. Because I don't think coming to a head historically, we've had a lot of these cataclysmic moments in history we've we've had world wars we've had violence it, it hasn't it, all that it's done is resulted in temporary the same groundhog day sort of cycle I where agree. we got to go through it again that's, so yeah. that's obviously not the optimal resolution because if it was right. it would have worked the first time it just would have worked right I like mean, if I guess war the, was the answer I, then I, it would have been the answer i mean i concede you're right as much as i talk profusely about this shit needing to hit the fan for change to happen i will concede what you're saying is true that it's just temporary now physical world war may not be the answer but a psychological war i i believe world war three almost has to be a psychological war experienced on a private level it has to hit home in order to come through to people that something is going on that's scary yeah i know um but I believe that you are seeing the beginning of that phase and that that phase is the end of the revolution physical shifting violence. shifting the physic the the mental makeup of people uh the the mental makeup respectively without without controlling it You're but just by painting painting the ability to to retroactively look at everything that has happened historically, even if it's on a micro level, even if somebody, it's impossible for for Joe Blow to not sit back and contemplate his own life. You're you're talking about a cognitive renaissance, is what you're talking about. Yes, that's that's exactly what you're saying. Correct. Um, I <laughs> to a degree. I, I mean, I I love what you're suggesting, um, but I mean, I'm saying it's inevitable. Well, is it? <laughs> I'm we, saying it's inevitable because the higher civilizations, to tie back to all this, the higher evolved human beings on this planet have done their due diligence over the course of their lifetimes to set the, to sprinkle the seeds into the soil. And what you are seeing now is a result of all of that to the point where. If we're the torchbearers to the Aristotles, the Socrates, the Plato's who are forming these thoughts in primitive form, and they had audiences that said, okay, this guy's out of his fucking mind. And then 1,500 years later, we're looking back at them saying, oh, this guy was onto something. That is a convergence of 
latency to a certain degree to where what they said then has caught up to what we understand now and what they couldn't understand then uh, as far as the general public's concerned. Like you had the peak humans who were putting the thoughts together. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a renaissance. But they were ahead of their time. We, we've had a time of what's called the Enlightenment. Correct. Um, I, I'm, I'm nauseous at the idea of <laughs> us not being able to do that again. Because, again, I mean, you could always argue, yeah, there was an idiocracy then. During the time of the Enlightenment, people were, were primitive and doing horrible, fucked-up shit to each other. In the time of the Enlightenment, people were still had slaves, okay? But I'm just – I worry right now that, again – even though you're absolutely right, the, the, the shit hitting the fan has only resulted in temporary change. I hope that right now we could be heading towards a, a time of a cognitive renaissance. But I, I, I don't know what would trigger that. Do you think, well, do you think you're there? Don't we a have a lot level? of obstacles, though? Are we, are we talking about the masses, the blobs making a cognitive... Uh, having a cognitive re- renaissance? Maybe yes. the, maybe the, maybe so, but, but there's a huge obstacle... Um, and, and, and it's going to be drugs. Uh, there is no way in today's society with the way that drugs are, that that will ever happen. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a purity of mind element and dumbing down. Yes. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm confused. When you mean drugs, are you talking about the, the masses, um, I'm talking about everything, opioids that are prescribed for pain. I'm talking about, uh, you know, just prescription medication that uh, even uh, illegal yeah. drugs, cocaine, heroin. I mean, the, the the addict that stays high all the time or wants to alcohol get high all the even. time, even alcohol. Yes. The person who's drinking every day all the time to oblivion. Uh, that person's not moving forward, guys. Okay. Person's not going to have a cognitive research. But do you need that person to move forward with you? You don't, but I think that's a good portion of the masses. That's what I was going to say. What to what portion of the masses are are like that that it would actually hinder the majority of people to move forward? Because I mean, the most God, it's scary to think about. I was going to say most people in the U.S. aren't drug addicts, but if you look at the number, they are at this point. I I know too many people in my life that choose to try to be high most of the time that they're awake. Another dangerous uh, look at that, yeah, is is the fact that the the landscape of the internet is arguably a drug for folks as well. It definitely is. So even if you're not physically popping a pill or smoking a joint or drinking profusive amounts of alcohol, we've been advocates for it here. Moderation, moderation for the stuff that, that is (laughs) acceptable to be moderate with. Right. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. But, I don't. I look around. And I don't see a lot of people that are moderate with their internet usage. I, to a certain degree, it's 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 so completely uh, radicalized that most jobs are spent on a computer. Uh, most nine my, to five. Most, most my job is most yeah. of the time as well. Yeah. And yeah. then if you look at screen time as a drug, or just uh, electronic stimulation as a drug, which, man, this is where it gets real dark and kind of scary for me. When you look at the stuff that they were experimenting with in the 60s and uh, MK Ultra and electrostimulation and, and how to control brains via electric currents, and you look at where we at 60, 70 years later, I mean, these could arguably just be the results of what they figured was the way and the approach to control masses. Yeah. This is their primitive attempt at that, though, Miguel. That's what I'm saying, is that that's the last 
ditch effort. Is what you've got here in front of you in the form of a Trying computer. Trying to keep you complacent. Correct. And, uh, yeah. Because the the alternate route is here. Here's the good news. The alternate to that complacency was felt to a certain degree in the 60s uh, hippie movement, probably. Uh, maybe maybe I'm looking too far into that. But into the free thought that's been prevalent throughout various moments in history in small groups, in larger groups. I mean, there have been minor revolutions pretty consistently throughout history. There's never been one that just completely got the job done. Right. <laughs> but the thing is, what does completely get the job done mean? And are you okay with like not including everyone? <laughs> Look, people are inevitably left behind. I, I, I left behind strong. Yeah, I was, I was wanting to say that over and over again. But the, me saying that it comes yeah. across the brace of I'll fucking say people are inevitably be left behind because I think I, I'm, I'm all for the concept of all men are created equal. All men are not equal. Yeah. I mean, you have primitive, dangerous. Thinkers, I think that the majority of the population of the world is sounds horrible. It is sort of primitive in their thinking. Um, you have a beautiful portion of the population of the world that has evolved past that and is looking at their own existence and asking for something more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean this this idea of the majority of the world's population having that kind of introspection where we're able to do what you're talking about, which is have that cognitive renaissance and Mm -hmm. be able to be better people, more advanced, uh, become a more advanced civilization. The problem is, yes, we've advanced a lot in a few hundred years. God knows we have. We've advanced a lot. 20 years. We've advanced uh, a lot in, in six weeks. Right. (laughs) I mean, in in the blip of existence that humans have had on this planet, what we've been able to do is, is incredible. And we split the atom, we we did everything in the twenty first century or the twentieth century. Yeah, we did a shitload of stuff in the tw- in the twenty first century. Yeah. I mean it's what we've been able to do from nineteen hundred to now is insane. Um, so maybe that's something we should to keep us optimistic that we can actually imagine re- what twenty one hundred is going to look like. Exactly what we're right. going to be capable of. But again, uh, that that's what I worry about. I believe that our quote unquote advancements might also lead us in the wrong direction where we yes. become that Wally future yes. instead of becoming Gene Roddenberry's future. We've advanced in technology. That's where we've advanced, okay? We've advanced, yes, in aspects of our society. Like I mentioned, you can't own a guy anymore. Yeah. Women are not property anymore like they were in the last couple hundred years. Well, they still we've advanced in certain parts of this world. Well, in ter- I'm talking about in the Western yeah. society for Western the most society, part. Yeah. What it sounds uh, like you're saying is that we've advanced in in so so many of the physical, outward, w- material world aspects. So. Yeah, we can cure a heart on. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but you can't cure a heartache. Oh, oh God. Yes. Yeah, but, no. but facts. <laughs> so <laughs> say that, No, don't say that because they're going to make a pill for that. Yeah. We literally yeah. are going to see a pill in the next twenty years. That's happy pills. That there are happy. No, there's going to be. I'm I'm worried that we're going to see, ten fifteen years from now, a pill that is specifically meant for breaking up with someone. That that's that's that. You, <laughs> see, you watch a pill? drug commercial. No, Wait a second. You well, watch. You watch a drug commercial. A ten years from pill? now. You watch a drug commercial ten years from now, and it's going to be like goddamn eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. Side effects may include uh, severe chronic bouts of masturbation. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine the side effects of that pill? We, there's, there's, for, there's pills out there for restless leg syndrome that, that, that can may cause death. 
Can you imagine what yeah. the side effects would be for something like this? For yeah. a pill that helps you forget a loved I, one? When I watch Fuck, the, that's scary. When I watch those commercials, I, I just can't help but to sit back and be like, do people actually take these things? Do, do, or is this all is this all part of the last ditch effort to convince me that people actually take these things? Or are there people out there that take they're, uh, pill? Well, they're, they're being prescribed. Pfizer. No, there's there's commercials that say they're being prescribed. Well, Pfizer's a well, billion-dollar company. they're not spending company. money on yeah. commercials without can, getting something in return, If they friend. can afford a commercials with that budget and they spend so much money on commercials, you're but getting that's what I think. somewhere. But, but that's where I kick into conspiracy mode and I say that the commercials are just trying to forcibly make me think that people are doing this so that my my view of people depending on something to cure their, 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 their taint rest- infection or whatever the hell the gooch no i watched one the other day that said tried to describe something it said this area is the area between the scrotum and the butthole basically and i'm like that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what this pill's for that that this pill is gooch. for yeah <laughs> helps the gooch. wow that's Do you remember what exa- the drug was for? I don't. It was like oh, okay. purple and white. They use specific color combinations in the commercials <laughs> to like add a sense of, oh, it's purple and white. Oh, this is very luxurious pill for my gooch. Um, There's and, a pill for everything right now. We say that half-heartedly or half-jokingly. But I'm worried about a think... future where there's a pill literally for fucking everything. Yeah. yeah. I but mean, does that mean that? Does that really mean that there are people? That are wanting to take pills for everything. Yeah, of course there is. That's why. That's Fuck. why Pfizer's a billion dollar, multi billion dollar company. They cured supposedly restless leg syndrome. What the fuck is that? You know what happened when I got restless leg syndrome when I was a little kid? It got the shit knocked out of me. Beat still. Fair My enough. leg got tired. One of the yeah, <laughs> your, your legs asleep, son. Walk it off, you fucking dumbass. Like, <laughs> I still, you guys still obviously have body parts that fall asleep, right? I of sleep. Course. I sleep well, with my hand under my pillow sometimes, and for weird reasons, I don't know why. It's just comfortable. No, everyone does. Everybody sleeps with their hand under their pillow. I do to balance my fucking head. It's fat. Damn! I wake up in the it's middle weird. of the night. I gotta go pee, and my left arm is completely numb sometimes, sometimes from the elbow down. Yeah, yeah, it gets worse as you get older. Uh, like <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> they got the choppers on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Again, this is part of this, the negative parts of a consumer society. See, is you got Yeah, you're pills, man. Pills for everything. Pills for everything. Yeah, we start start talking about pharmaceutical talk companies about and helicopters start flying over. Let's what talk the? about. Let me pills. check my fucking yes. brake line after I get out of this fucking apartment. <laughs> what the hell is going on? You don't here? have to worry about that. God, oh no, dang no. it! Unless I know it's coming you. from this guy, government yeah. agent. Yeah, you know my my boys. He's a good, checking he's, on me. He's a good government agent, though. <laughs> yeah, that that thing right That's there he has in his ear. Have you noticed, Sasha? He oh doesn't, yeah, he doesn't the, have headphones like the rest of us. He has these fucking. Yeah, he's got this weird little, communicating device. Yeah, from these weird nineteen seventy nine. These weird little earplugs that I'm sure is attached to a wire on his chest. Yep. around his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 fucking. Uh, fucking narc. That's yeah. okay. Before before I left uh, my previous place of employment, I bugged the offices in multiple locations. Wait, what? No, don't confess to that. That's illegal. <laughs> That's true, but it didn't happen. No, I, good. I, did I, I, do, I did find it fascinating that there was some sort of uh, response back that there were microphones everywhere and, they were, and everybody was listening. 
No, you got me paranoid. There's Wait, literally a fucking what's going on outside. No, it like I mean, they're digging, a, they're digging a freaking hole outside of my my backyard porch. Uh, my little porch area has got this giant hole, and usually that's because of internet work or, or whatnot. Or, but yeah, I don't know. We've been recording meandering as of late. Maybe they're actually planning like a fiber optic cable Bug that us. can intercept this wire and sort of feed into the the ex machina. Let me, gra- let me grab my shit and get out of here. I don't need that stuff. Well, here's the cool thing, Miguel. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh-oh. We've talked about the advertisements popping up on our phones after we've had just oh, casual no. conversations. Weird. When I get yeah. out of here, it's going to be fucking bunch of pills. <laughs> <laughs> Scrotum pills. Viagra yeah, pills. Yeah, it's like Hispanics Cialis. suffer from ED and restless leg syndrome <laughs> as, as much as your white counterparts. And, and tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow you're going to see a news article saying uh, restless leg syndrome is on the rise in, in American. In young Hispanic males. Yeah, they can't hold still either. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the good news is the good news is there is a way of of manipulating that AI aggregation system that I found, and I I will disclose. You how said there's do. there's a good way to manipulate it. Yes. Okay. Uh, you just talk about shit that is worth talking about, and the thing is forced to suck in all of the information that you're talking about. So, think about it. All we've gotten yeah, as a Alexa's result. Alexa is listening to everything. Alexa is listening to everything. Your phone's listening to everything. Okay, if we can establish that as a fact in 2020, let's use it to our advantage. What do we want the fucking ads to be? What uh, do, uh, personally? Non-existent. Oh. <laughs> Oh, damn, I hadn't thought about that one. <laughs> but I've been c- sitting back thinking, like, if Alexa and, and my phone listens to everything that that I'm contemplating and all of my casual conversations, then at this point, why haven't I gotten some fucking job curation that is focused on my strengths and what I want to do with my career? Because the corporations that are behind Instagram don't give a fuck about you being happier at your job. They Correct. want you to buy their fucking their, their bo- Joe Boxers. Correct. That's what I just fucking saw in advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and again, today. That's because you just took a 30-minute shit, and they're probably like, he needs some new boxers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Astor probably didn't make it all the way to the commode. You see how long he was on that thing? No, yeah. I mean it's it's they it, it shows up the superficial shit that I might have talked about earlier. And I, honest to God, I did earlier today talk about yep. buying some new Joe boxers. And there's the fucking advertisement right on my Instagram. The non-superficial shit does not just evaporate into the ether. It goes somewhere too. I can't think of anything. Uh, that is tangible, tangible to what you're saying right now, other than people hundreds of years from now listening to this. The fabric of reality. Is where all of the meaningful shit goes. There. Let's cut to the chase. You think that, uh, are you one of those people then that believes that um, if you When speak, your thoughts are aligned. Well, I'm saying if you speak positively and you think positively and put it out there, just like Carl Jung says, that it, it, it will come back. Positive, you putting positive, positivity out in the universe does some tangible, measurable good for yourself and others. In ways... Mm. In ways mm. that in ways that exceed current expectations of what that means, like in ways beyond and this ties back to the money conversation, there are rewards in place that exceed what the current timeline is afforded to understanding what like maximizing what's the best what's the peak success what does winning mean you're, you're talking it sounds like karma i mean and then in karma is is makes 
money trivial because Correct. the idea that if I can, it's like uh, I have a friend who's uh, she's. God, I guess I think it's way to describe her as pagan. She talks about the uh, the, wo- the rule of threes. Yep. I'm fascinated by this idea. Uh, even as a skeptic, she basically says everything you put out there comes back to you in threes, whether it's good or whether it's bad. I, I, I'm in love with that idea. There's the old death comes in threes adage as well. Yeah, but there's right. something about the number three. But like what, what she says, and I've heard other people say, is everything you put out there it comes back to you in threes. So if you're going to be a shitty person, it's, it's going to come back to you by the You're going to have a shitty life. You're going to have a shitty wife, and you're going to have a shitty... It's hard to argue. Shitty car. It's hard to looking at yeah. people for the past thirty five years of my life that I've been alive. It's it's hard to not believe that. Yeah. Because I'm looking at people who are in their thirties and forties and fifties that have lived a pretty shitty life, and they're wondering why their life is so shitty. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people who are. I mean, they might be struggling a little bit, but they're very, very positive, happy. Fuck being the the positive people. They they've they've been positive for others. They've been good to others their entire life, and for the most part. You know, I mean, they're 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 doing okay at least. Yeah, they're not doing terrible. I mean, other than you know Bob, who is a poor accountant who's been nice all his life, and all of a sudden is hit with leukemia. I don't know that guy personally, but I'm saying he might exist out there. For the most part, from my superficial observations, people who are, I have to concede, nice to others, have had good lives. You yeah, know, they've they're not. And the inverse of that is we've mentioned this before. Hmm. You, the people that think they get away with shit, typically don't, don't get away with as, shit. As, or they, or they think, they're being, motherfuckers. Yeah. think they're being sneaky from, and nobody knows they're doing this, from and, but everybody every freaking level. knows. And that's the coolest part about this, is if I'm right about a lot of this stuff, Miguel, then I, I'll, I'll just be, I'll be right about it. <laughs> like, yeah. it'll be, it'll be irrefutable. Because personally, I don't think that I'm putting on an acting job when I say these things. I don't believe that this is a facade. I don't believe that uh, I have um, a, a, a hidden agenda. I, I can't rationalize one. I can't. I when I ask myself, "Do you have a hidden agenda with all the shit that you say?" I don't go anywhere mentally. I don't. I don't have a, cor- a correlated thought. And typically, I can keep going. Uh, with these tangential sort of thoughts that I have, and I say, "Oh, you're doing this because of this, because of this, because of this." But when it comes to like asking myself on a very personal level, like, "Are you doing this for the right reasons?" The answer is yes. It's it's not like there's no yes, but there's no yes, but secondary agenda. Yeah, yeah I get that. I yeah, mean, that's, I think that's that's an important part of of where we should find ourselves right now as people is are all the things we do for genuine and righteous reasons. Um, you almost need to we, let the universe tell you that. I don't know. I'm, I'm too terrified to, 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 to let do... Let the universe tell me that? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I, I have my own I mean, version you, of You logic. put your best foot forward and you see what rea- uh, what reaction you get from the world around uh, you. Yeah, I mean, you can be Not a, the people observer. around you. I gotcha. All right. See, then when you put it that way, I get it. It's I like don't. you put your best foot forward and then see... Observe. Observe what changes what around you. What the eventuality you. is after that. When we're talking about the blob and all that, how do you how do you get them to realize their their shortcomings, and uh, the fact that they may be holding up Society. everything for us? Yeah, that's I mean, tough. Do you know. just do you just cut them off no. to progress? I think there's a lot of people who have the potential to be part of the movement who just need a bit of a self reflection. And again, I think that stories uh, like the the John Turturro one, as much of a hoax it may have been. 
it was great in making the younger version of me self-reflect because I, I love the the way he said it and his little message boards. He would say, in our he he contextualized it by saying, "Where I come from, um, this is how we do things compared to what you guys are doing." And it, it having that outside perspective, fictional or not, forces people to think about where we are in our society of how superficial we are when it comes to you know, consumerism, when it comes to, you know, just the, the superficial bullshit. Uh, so I mean, th- that's what it takes. You don't leave. Then where's your beef with Jesus the man? Because it sounds like no <laughs> exactly I, I, what he quote, tried to let do. Let me quote um, Gandhi. I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Your Christians uh, aren't very Christ-like. No, so, not at all. But it's that's just... giving more power to the blob. Mm, I don't think so. If you cut off the fact that that the man could have had some merit to him in light of what the third, fourth, fifth, sixth players in the game of telephone have fucked up, you're cutting off merit of the first guy who There's whispered the real message to the second guy because i know that mr rogers exists i don't know that jesus did i think okay. that there's a difference between be- like but you know that john Tator existed not at all but i still like the philosophy that's my point is but, that but the, he existed john Tator. no well john well, the guy who his, wrote the story yes. his his, it his came from, story may not it was it was it came from someone's mind correct so no that's the difference is that i i like and i think most of the teachings of christ are incredibly important but I, before him, I got that from people that I know existed or I have feel more confident existed like Aristotle, yeah. people like Plato. Okay, so what I'm saying is but that— But at the same time, their words have, have passed through the same filter of interpretation. And their words didn't result in an inquisition or a um, crusade. My point is, is that I like some of the concepts that the person, the character— sounds offensive to some people that I say it that way— the person, real or not— so many of the things that he taught and said were very important and we should you know, take into consideration. That doesn't mean that I am going to give credence to the idea of this person being this, you know, the second coming or being related to God or being this magical being. You know, I, I don't need to believe in those things to appreciate his message. Yeah, that's the difference between me and somebody who's religious. No okay. power to you. If you believe if you're like, again, Mr. Rogers. You take all the beautiful things that he said into consideration, apply it to your life, and you know, and spread that sort of benevolence to others. Power to you. I just don't need to be religious to believe in those things. It's so it's so important to have that that conversation with uh, with someone who is being candid enough to sort of give your perspective on why why you believe or or don't believe in certain aspects of I, of what is what is out there. Yeah, I mean I because I, it gives it gives it gives me personally added info as to what what did not work. <laughs> like what didn't what what were you not able to be like uh persuaded into into being assimilated into. Well, probably because when I became older, I, I, I didn't believe that a guy could walk on water or believe in a talking snake. That's hard to believe. Well, for me, it wasn't so much that. It was the um, what was applied to that message, like uh, the Inquisition, uh, which is putting people to death for just dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for 
taking in or even going to death row and trying to convert these guys and say, hey, you know, all your sins are going to be absolved. But then at the same time, um, you know, talk down to me because I just don't go to church on Sundays. And somehow the guy who killed people that said, yeah, I believe in God and death row is somehow a better person than I am. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole thing. And I have a big problem with religion when it comes to like a, a pro-life and an abortion. Okay. Uh, it, because you, you'll take in the guy who gets drunk and drives his car and kills a family. Oh, you'll let him repent. But the person who is at a really weird crossroads in life where they're having to make a decision of whether to have an abortion or not, you're just going to hate this person unconditionally. Yes, yeah, there's not going to be the same. Hey, let's 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 have let's talk. You know, here are some options. If you go through it, I'm going to be here to support you. There's there's none of that. It's just all your evil. I just I that's I, that's dogma that's that dogmatism the, black and white thinking of a lot of religious people that be, the Catholic Church itself it just, Susan yeah. Susan the atheist down the street who had an abortion when she was nineteen is going to hell but Bob around the corner who raped somebody is going to heaven because he repented get the hell out of here and the preferential treatment is a uh, it's a slippery slope to navigate especially when we talk about how we get how we improve from from correcting some of this stuff. Because preferential, I've mentioned preferential treatment in a lot of my arguments here. I've said, like, do we just exclude the general blob? That's arguably preferential no, treatment. We we try to help as many as we can, and some people are inevitably going to be left behind. I mean, that that's that's how it works. You you give people, you give the masses means to self reflect. Mm -hmm. Some of them are just incapable of doing that, or just don't yeah. want to. You can't help them. You can't help persons who who are not capable of helping themselves, who are not interested in introspection and self-reflection. Well, then you have them. to train them on how to help themselves. What if they don't want that? Yeah, I, I, I get... There's, there's every like, person... Like you feel like that's Everyone like that I have this talk with resolves to that. What if, what if they're happy with not having that? Exactly. Well, maybe they don't have the ability, period, and can't be taught. Everyone has the ability. I think that there's people that don't care and don't want it. So that's the not having the ability is people who just don't give a shit. They don't want it. I'm complacent. Leave me alone. Let me well, die. You know how some people will dig in on an opinion, right? Uh, political view, whatever religious view, you'll just dig in on it. And it doesn't matter what, how you argue. Like we had an art, we had a discussion about gun control. That was kind of funny at one time, but oh, that was, but, 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 funny. but we get dug in on a, on a subject. And then because we get dug in on this subject, uh, we just don't have any ability to, uh, look at the other side of things, and it, we just we're so dug in, we're not even interested in looking at the other side or considering a different opinion. And, and sometimes I think that mentality, I don't know that it can be taught to be self-reflective. It, it, you've. It, what if we de just demonstrate it on a local level, kind of like what we do here? Um, if we prove through action that it can be, I mean, at the end of the day, your your meandering is a show that's comprised of a pretty spiritual guy and myself. Uh, how about you, Miguel? I mean, I consider myself um, a spiritual person, um, uh, very much so, uh, just because I have very strong negative feelings about organized religion. Mm -hmm. um, no, I consider myself a spiritual person. I want to explore that more. How about, how about you, Morgan? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm more likely to believe that uh, it was aliens that... Uh, <laughs> Were the gods of the old uh, than I am, than I am anything else. Um, but I mean, there's something out there. I think 
there's something beyond uh, the life we have right now. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm a spiritual person, but uh, what religion is now right. uh, is just not it. I agree. And we have that, see, we have that, that common thread and we have that common rejection of what what has been fed to us. And we're willing to talk about it on on an episodic show that, in my opinion, uh, is is doing more good than we can even contemplate at this point. So if if we prove that to be evident and people realize that, then they in turn want to be able to do it and emulate it to a certain degree. And they want to do it in their own way. We'll do this again sometime soon. So, thanks man, thanks us. a lot for joining, Miguel, again, as always. Thank you for having Absolutely. me. See you guys next time. Later.